From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland timber soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers, I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk about beer, soccer, and pretty much whatever else we want. Pretty much. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Yeah. Living the life, watching the Timbers <laughs> lose as usual. Down one nil at half. Uh, I guess it's a win or die, or I guess win or draw or die. Right. And since they're losing by a goal, looks like we die. Still a whole nother half, though. They don't look like <laughs> Mabiello's wearing a <laughs> bandage on his head. Zach McGraw just subbed out. out. Yep. And there's no more center back. Like. It's just a mash unit. Chara's in the hospital. Got yeah, it's, stomach uh, pain. Not good. Yeah. You, you can't go into the playoffs and expect to do anything when your team's running on fumes. No, not at all. Jeez. Well, we've got a, uh, a fairly decent show for you all uh, and kind of set us up for the next few weeks with uh, some upcoming interviews, which I'll find, hopefully find interesting. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about homebrewing and what's been going on in the homebrewing world for Gary and I. And then talk a little bit about beer news. Uh, quite a few things happening uh, as of this weekend. Oh, so yeah. Talk about those. And then beer Kickstarter. And then uh, do a big setup again for the interviews coming up. So we'll uh, kind of load this out and tease you for the uh, hopefully the next coming episodes. <laughs> big teaser. So, yeah. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, so uh, we've got some beer sitting in front of us. So uh, let's get this bad boy going. This first one's by Ex Novo. And uh, interesting, at the Great American Beer Festival, Ex Novo won yesterday. Ooh. But it wasn't the Portland-based Ex Novo. Really? No, it was the New Mexico, their headquarters, uh, Ex Novo. Interesting. So this is the uh, Midnight Sun and uh, as you can tell, it's black and as thick as motor oil. Very, very dark. Yeah, it's a it's a black one. And then uh, we've got a, a fresh hop ale. Um, Tis the season, fresh hops. <laughs> have you had any fresh hops? I have not. Uh, well, you had a little bit. You had break sides with me, right? Well, that's true. I did have a break side with you uh, Friday night, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, and it was pretty tasty beer. Yeah, so we've got a uh, stoop. Which I did not see win anything at the uh, Gabbuff. Yeah. But this is a Stoop uh, Fresh Hop Ale, and I believe this is the uh, Citra version of it. I had the other uh, version they had. So Stoop Brewing is out of Seattle. And uh, and I was kind of worried on my trip about whether we'd have any Fresh Hop Ales by the time I got back. But we do. And then... Uh, and then we'll oh. get to the other two here in a few minutes. That one still definitely got the uh, fresh hop <laughs> bitterness to it. Yeah, it's definitely so. there. Well, we'll uh, take a look. So we'll talk about the beers as we're rolling through this. But uh, what's been up? What's going on homebrew-wise, man? What do you got in the tank? What do you got planned? What are we going to be drinking here coming up? Yeah, there's, there's nothing in the tank currently. I'm on kind of a standby right now. Um, got notification from a guy on email connection uh, through the brewing equipment that I use. When I first bought it and, and started brewing on it, um, had got notification from the owner saying, hey, would you be willing to do workshops on the equipment? Right. And they'll pay you directly. You don't pay anything to me. Um and then we'll give them a discount on brewing equipment if they go with it. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So that was, what, seven years ago? Yeah, seven um, years ago. So just the other day, I get an email reach out from some guy saying, hey, when's the next time you're you're doing a, a brewing uh, session day for me and another person? Right. Um we would love to come do that. Uh, let us know. So I'm kind of on, on hold on what I'm brewing till I can get that figured out. Um, but I'll probably brew the coffee beer. So was it just a random guy that reached out? Or a was ran- it a... Uh... Random guy. 
Uh, Are you listed on their site? I'm listed on Bruja's website. Okay. Um, and he's in Dallas, Oregon. Oh. So he's fairly close. Uh, but he's looking at Bruja for their brewing space. So he, he was going to come up, do a brew day with me, ask me questions about the equipment, um, everything like that. So I'm still waiting to hear back from him to figure out what when I'm going to brew next. What I am probably going to brew, though, is the, the Guinness coffee beer. Do you have Guinness coffee still? I do. Oh. Yep, yep. I still got, uh, I think, one bag for sure, possibly two bags to be able to do that with. Wow. All right. Good. Well, that's. I didn't even know you were listed on there. I know we had talked about it, and it's yeah. been seven years. Yeah, so. I'm still listed on there. Um, the only guy in the Portland area, there's another guy way up in Washington, um, and then there's a couple guys down in California as well, but... Um, only guy in Oregon. Wow, that's cool. So, uh, so you have to let us know when we do that because yeah, if, very definitely. Is That'd it an cool. online online thing or is it a person? No, in it's person. in person. Oh, okay, in person. Wow. Yeah. so he's so got to come to your place. He would literally come to my house. Uh, we would do a full brew day. They'd ask all the questions that they have. Uh, I'd answer everything that I could about the equipment. Um, how I use it, how it works for me, if I have any issues, anything along those lines, and then uh, just move on from there. Wow. Interesting. Well, I just poured two more beers, dude, so we've got four tasters sitting in front of us. Yes. Um, I think you're going to like. Let's sip that third one, dude. Sip the third The third one. dark one? Yeah. So that is uh, from our buddies over at Varietal, and this is a uh, it's got collab. got a very coffee taste to it, or smell to it. This is Chris's uh, coffee porter. It's called Rise from Your Gra- Grave, and it's uh, with Basalt Coffee Roasters, Varietal Brewing. We bought that when we were there at Fresh Hop last year. Yeah, it's got a, got a very strong coffee roast flavor on the front, Yeah, and then it tapers off real mellow. Yeah, this thing it's looks fantastic. Nice. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's kind of an ambery color, almost almost darked up like a porter, but more of a red color. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, definitely heavy coffee on the front. Dies off. Definitely malt, malty in there oh, back. Yeah. Yeah. Very definitely. But super nice, man. That's good. Like a light, uh, like cream-colored head to it. Yeah, head retention looks good. 6.5%. Again, rise from your grave. Coffee porter infused with basalt roasters. Um, it's a Guatemalan roast, mm. or a Guatemalan bean. Um, and it looks like it's La Colamenta is the farm. So <laughs> looks good. You like my Spanish, don't you? Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. So. That's the way I roll. Well, I've got uh, the Fest beer that I did. So yeah. I did a Fest beer for Oktoberfest, sitting in the keg. Um, has been lagering for quite some time. It's <laughs> so, been what? Two and a half months? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's done and cold. Like, like true Oktoberfest style. Yeah, it's, it's doing its thing. And um, taking up all my fridge space. So, like, I got no fridge space. Like, all my beers are in random coolers. And um, and then what else I got? So, that'll go. And then that'll go with your... Uh, yeah, I did a, a spruce-tapped um, Marzen beer this year. That uh, we actually sampled it Friday night. So the listeners may not know, or I don't think we talked about it, but we harvested spruce tips yes. back in like I think February, and uh, yeah, it was right at the end of February, right when everything was starting to push the new growth out on the spruces, and it I think we hit the perfect harvest time for that. Um, we got what five ounces or six ounces I mean, or some I think damn thing for that roughly six ounces um just picking worked, them off the neighbor's fruit yeah, uh spruce trip right <laughs> spruce next door trip. so <laughs> we kept that ingredient very local for that beer <laughs> <laughs> well and so the idea is that you were originally going to do like a spruce tip ipa or a yeah, spruce tip something yeah. and just the beer didn't cooperate yeah 
when I was brewing it, it was a black IPA that I was going to do that with. And the gravity readings were all over the board. They weren't where they were supposed to. So I didn't want to waste those uh, spruce tips on it uh, and held on to it. And then we were talking about Oktoberfest beers. And I think it was you that suggested, you're like, hey, you should do a spruce tip version. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that'd be, let's try that. Yeah, I think it totally worked. Um, still got a lot of sweetness from the base malt. Yeah. Um, so it's like it didn't ferment all the way out, which is awesome. Because right. that really complements that that spruce tip type note to yeah, it. Yeah, so. and I was worried that it, because a lot of people will use the spruce tip as a bittering agent. So I was afraid that it was going to come out way too bitter because we also put uh, bittering hops and flavoring hops in there, which the normal Marzen calls for. So I was pleasantly surprised when it when it came out with that residual sweetness to balance out that bitterness. Yeah. Um, what would you do different on it, you think, if you were to do it over again? I would probably use a different yeast strain. Um, that would probably uh, that that would attenuate all the way out and get a lot of get more of that residual sugar gone, so that it was a little bit more balanced. I think it's a little too sweet, but then again, that was on a a bottle conditioned bottle where we added sugar, so I don't know if it just hadn't hadn't fully fermented out in that bottle yet either, because it that was only a week or two weeks in the bottle yeah 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 well and, and there's plenty of carbonation in it. i mean that was oh, a yeah. nice thing yeah i mean you when you open it you're like well at least there's carbonation exactly <laughs> i was like okay that worked because i was trying to do that the carbonation the bottle conditioning in a wine fridge because um, i wanted to keep it at right around that 50 degrees that that yeast strain likes and i didn't know if I was right at 50, a little over, or way too far under. So it, it looks like it was right where it needed it to be. Sweet. Well, I like I said, all I've done is that damn fest beer. Um, so I was just rethinking. So I, we got back from our trip. So listeners, went on a month-long trip with my wife, did uh, 10 national parks, two national monuments, uh, a bunch of states. Um, <laughs> Drove up. Everywhere, and if you you've known me long enough, we're stopping at breweries in each of those states, each of those stopovers, and so uh, <laughs> didn't make a big deal about the podcast. Just sat silent and drank uh, beer and tried yeah. beer, and so we're going to do interviews. This is the show teaser. Yeah, interviews coming up with a lot of places I stopped, and so we're coordinating those interviews, and most of them are set up, and so look for that in future uh, episodes. Now, an additional bit of teaser to that oh, yeah. um, is that Jason actually brought back beers from each of those breweries. So we're going to be taste testing the beer while we're doing the interview, which will be kind of nice. Yeah, it'll be kind of wild. So so we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like here towards the end. But uh, really the setup for that is I get back and my freezer out in the uh, garage had been dead for many weeks. Who knows how long, right? Yeah. Must have been right after I left. Like, yeah. breaker flipped. Um, so, go into it, and there's like a spoiled turkey. There's all this crap inside of it. It's terrible. Um, but in it were my collection of hops and yeast. Yeah. Like, all my hops and yeast I've been storing. Lost in a there. lot of good stuff. Lost a lot of hops. So... Um, all the hops I harvested from last year, I'm yep. um, still in there. So now I haven't been brewing that much lately, but I still like to carry and, and hang on to a lot of those hops. <laughs> yeah. I had experimental in hop hops from uh, oh, exactly Yakima Chief. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of that stuff. So I am in the need of restocking that hop shelf, <laughs> so so that I can go back and snag some. Um, I also didn't harvest my hops this year. So, A, they came on late. It was kind of a weird season for hops. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed in the Fresh Hop Ale Festivals later this year, so I'm kind of wondering if harvest was just yeah, late. Yeah, I, I think they had to adjust harvest for that. So, um, so again, I'll, I'll restock. And then uh, 
likely will be doing an apple cider. I bought 12 pounds of apples from the local apple farm today. Mm. And likely will be doing some sort of apple-based type cider that uh, may or may not turn into something else. Uh, are you going to do hard cider, or is this going to be a gravitation towards... Other things. A little stronger. Yes. <laughs> All right. All yeah, right. so, but this this will set up the base for that. I mean, tis the season, so. Um, so that's probably the thing I'll get in the fermenter first and yeah. let that ferment off real quick. And then I'll probably jump into a such, like a big heavy stout or something like that. So, hmm. um, but again, I don't want to do five gallons of a big heavy stout. So the no. idea is how do I do something a little bit more drinkable and, and roll with it, so. Well, the beauty of that is, is the, you've got a five gallon fermenter. You could do two and a half gallons of a really big, heavy stout. Yeah, yeah. I could. Yeah, but, but again, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> like, I'll do something. But uh, anyways, that's the brew scene. That's what we're doing. Um, and then next year, so Summer Lake Soccer, teaser for that. Um, I'm really yeah. trying to get in shape. Uh, I've been doing a pretty good job with the workout scene, but trying to get back in shape and move towards playing soccer starting in March. And then I figure then we can get our brew schedule because then I can actually start bringing some of that beer to somewhere oh, like true. soccer. Yep. And start Very brewing. true. Because I was like, what changed? We were brewing like all the time. Yeah. But we can't sit on five gallons of beer by ourselves. No. We need those filthy bastards we, from the soccer we need, team. We need people that drink beer. Yeah. So all of those guys. Are with all the time. Yeah. So once a week, uh, again, those those summer like soccer guys will drain us out of beer. And then if we're rotating back and Super forth. Super quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I even think midsummer you could pull it off. You get off from your shift and you could go play an hour or so before the boys close out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as long as it, it stays dark enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not dark till I mean, night. Light enough. Light it's not enough dark till summer. 9 or 10. No, that's the beauty of the summers around here. It, it stays light for so long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so we uh, talked about beer number one, which was Kill the Sun by Ex Novo. Um, very, very, very strong. Very. <laughs> Strongest of the lot that we've got. Yeah. Um, it's sitting at uh, 11.8%, and thank God we've got well, a now, pint to split between us. I've got a question on that one. Yeah. Is it a barrel-aged oh, yeah. rendition? Because as it warms up, you can definitely start to take the bar- taste the barrel aging on it. Yeah. Where when it was cold, you didn't notice it as much. And I don't know which barrel this is. I think this is just the straightforward Kill the Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've got definitely all the other ones. Uh, and they've got the ones with the mushrooms in it and all the other funky adjuncts. But this is just a straightforward Kill the Sun. Yeah, and it tastes like it was probably bourbon barrel, if I had to guess. Yeah, it definitely tastes bourbon barrel on it. Um, and then we are drinking Stoops Fresh Hop Fiend. Um, Fiend is... There's a couple different varieties of this out. And like I said, I believe this is the Citra version. Oh, this is the Simcoe version. Ooh, Simcoe. So okay. this is Simcoe. So um, where where is Stoop out of? Seattle, Washington. Okay. So, A.K.A. Shittle. <laughs> so, uh, and oh, by the way, Shittle didn't make the playoffs for the first time in club history. Club history. We're not going to make the playoffs. Well, but. no, we, we probably <laughs> won't either. But that's a shocker that they didn't. Yeah. Well, they just rent one Champions League for the first time. Like, yeah. no MLS teams. So. Go from there to so, not making playoffs. Yeah. Well, they didn't even have a shot. They didn't even get to do the play-in. So. No. And then Beer 3, Varietal um, and Basalt Coffee Roasters collab called Rise From Your Grave, Coffee Porter. Again, sitting at 6 percent And the final beer. So this is a special beer. Brewed for the Slets Bay Music Festival. It's 10%. It's Holy. a collab with Beechcrest and Pelican Brewing. <laughs> okay. This is called a coastal collaboration. Word, word to listeners. <laughs> if you go out and you buy the beers that we just talked about, do not do... The one with the basalt coffee, and then drink the pelican one right afterwards. 
it, it, it you just get slapped right in the face with uh, <laughs> some some pretty weird flavors that you're not expecting. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, so this is a triple cold IPA. So this this is interesting. I'm really starting to see this this verbiage thrown around a lot lately with cold IPAs, and I don't know. Maybe the mis- the listeners know what that is. Maybe they don't. What is cold um, hopping or cold IPAs? Yeah. Well, again, you see dry hopped, wet hopped, like just all this. We should do a future episode. We'll have a discussion about yeah, what there's, the there's hopping crap so is. There's so many different different ways to hop your beer now. And there's all these different breweries doing cutting-edge stuff on how to contain or how to retain the, the hop flavor and what it does for the beer without losing a lot of volume on the beer which is it's really interesting some of the stuff they're coming up with to do that so this says pelican's second release in the coastal collaboration <clears throat> uh, makes its way south to one, highway 101 um, and so they partnered with beachcrest brewing and they took on a cold ipa but they wanted to be big so there are R&D brewers, Scott Moore over at Pelican, uh, worked with Beechcrest Brewers, Matt White, to create a perfect beer for sipping on the Siletz Bay. And they found this is the that perfect deal. So they uh, have a buell of, they have a mix of Huel Melon, Idaho Gem, Nelson Sauvin Hops, yep. to be the triple IPA parsh. It's got hints of gooseberry and white grapes. And then a refined malt profile. And uh, and then 100% of this beer, the proceeds to it, go to the Siletz Bay Music Festival in Lincoln County. So, um, pretty interesting. So Now, that description, with my crappy palate, I'm getting zero part of the malt. But I am definitely tasting the heat of the alcohol right at the end. Yeah, it definitely has got a heavy grain bill on it, so... Um, hence the triple. And then I get the white grape right on the very end. Right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting beer. It's kind of fun to pull out a collab and get a pretty rare bottle. Um, they didn't do a lot of these. So. <laughs> right. But cool. All right. Well, let's switch over to uh, beer news. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Be all right. Beer news. So, uh big weekend dude so we just happen to be recording on the weekend where a lot of shit's happening oh a lot so great american beer festival started on the 6th of october and uh finished up i watched the award award ceremony which was uh about an hour and 40 minutes um and a bunch of notable oregon breweries won a bunch of notable washington breweries won oregon and washington pretty well but I would say it was interesting, um, and I haven't watched many brew, Brewfest awards before from Gabeth, but there were a lot of other breweries that were uh, recognized. Okay. And so the brewery that won the most awards, any idea what state they'd be from? If you were to pick a state and say, look, this has good breweries, this is where this might be from. It's going to be Texas. Okay, so... I wouldn't pick. I'd probably pick Colorado. I'd probably pick Oregon, Washington, sure. something like that. Maybe even like uh, Boston or some up like Sam Adams or just because of their history, right? right. Yeah. So this was uh, the most awards flat out was North Park Beer Company out of San Diego. No kidding. <laughs> you know who else is in San Diego? Oh yeah. That uh, ballast brewing that ballast makes brewing, which major favorite beer. <laughs> Freaking hate that beer. Sculpin. <laughs> That's the worst beer. They, they, I mean, they make some decent beers otherwise, but Sculpin, there's something about that one that just drives me nuts. Well, yeah, that was an early episode for us when we had that. Jeez. So, That's interesting. Yeah, so they were named the uh, most metal brewery. They captured four medals. It won a gold for the best English IPA, 
um, or New, Ze- New Zealand IPA. Okay. They want a silver for their juicier hazy, and a bronzes for American style IPA, and an imperial IPA. So the IPA category, they actually say that's save, tough. They save the IPA categories for the very end. So they moved them out of their normal spot. Yeah. Because they thought it would actually keep people in their seats longer for the yeah. awards. <clears throat> That's that IPA is probably one of the most engaged styles when it comes to the the festivals. Yeah, and I don't There's know just tons of them. I don't know what the breakdown was, but the um, but roughly there were 400 entries for the standard IPA category. That's insane. And then there were sub-variants of IPA. There was like right. 10 of those. So, um, and then some of the other categories, they were saying hazy IPA, same thing. It was like like 300 entries into that. Versus if you went to like the specialty beer or the mixed culture Brett beer, or even like the Pilsners, they were sitting at like, well, the mixed culture stuff was like, 34 entries. Yeah. The German-style Pilsners was more like 150 to 180. Yeah. But, yeah, the IPA category, if you won in that. plus. I mean, you you, li- your beer oh, yeah. is phenomenal Absolutely. If, if you're winning that category. Well, so here's the Oregon Brewery. So there were a few golds. Oregon did pretty well from the gold categories. Uh, Little Beast Brewing out of Clackamas. They used yep. to be over in Beaverton. Yeah. They really specialize in sours. Yeah, and I got to tell you, the Oregon contingent killed the sour category. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were some one-offs, like the Gosa category and some of that, that some others did. But hands down, the uh, sour core, sour category was Oregon and Washington. They killed it. And, and, it. and you look at the, I mean, you look at the interviews that we've done on the podcast with people that do sours. Yeah. Uh, in mixed culture as well as wild cultures, there's a lot of little or smaller breweries out here that we have that that have done that. Then you've got um, who was it that we did on the coast? Um, Degard. Oh, Degard, yeah, huge. And a lot of people use Degard as an inspiration for what they do on a lot of their sours and yep. wild cultures. So. It's pretty impressive. It is. I, I mean, I guess, so they didn't do GABA for a couple of years, right? Because of COVID and all that. So that's the first time it was back. Um, and there were a crap ton of beers. There were over 2,000 beers that were at GABA that you could try. Yeah. Um, 500 breweries were there. There were 10,000 plus beers judged at the event, right? But then... You started looking at the breweries, and then you started looking at the entries and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just a small sample of the breweries. Like, that are out there. I'd love to get a hold of the garden and say, did you enter? Why didn't you enter? Probably like, didn't. But there's a bunch of folks that didn't enter or that should have entered when you thought Cascade Barrel House. Did yeah. Art and the Flying, the Flyboy, did they yep. enter? They should have entered. Who knows? I mean, they're, they created the sour beer thing See, here in Oregon. the funny thing is that I'm noticing is is there's breweries out there that have brewers, head brewers at least, that their big thing is competitions. Right. And they want to have all the metals hanging up in the, in the brewery and the bar and everything that they're selling. And then you've got breweries that... They just don't give a shit. No, they don't. Because they're brewing beers that they don't feel fit in a category. True. So they don't think it's worth their time to enter these beer competitions. Yeah. Yet they make some just phenomenal beers. Well, so good segue. So we talked about Little Beast. They won American Sour Ale Gold. Um, but McMenamin's won. McMenamin's won a silver for an experimental beer. So they... Uh, they have an Edgefield Cool Ship number five that took silver in the experimental beer beer category. Interesting. And I, I haven't seen McMinimins win anything in a long time. So oh. I don't even know if they've entered. So awesome for McMinimins. Nice work. Um, a few others here. Uh, Good Life won again with their uh, Sweet As Pacific Ale. I'm fascinated <laughs> because the Sweet As Pacific Ale, which yes. I always thought was like a pale ale type thing. I never really paid attention. 
but was in the American wheat beer, wheat beer category. And it won silver. Sun yep. River won gold again for their Rippin' in the American-style pale ale category, so which really? was a huge category. That's monstrous. Yeah, and in that same, same category, so American-style pale ale, Breakside won silver behind Sun River yeah. for their Woodlawn Pale Ale. Okay. So, so American-style pale ale is a big category. It's huge. And we went gold-silver, so... Freem, which was actually the first award I saw kind of on the uh, Twitter Twitter sphere pop, they won the gold for their Mexican lager in the uh, Australian Latin American Tropical Light Lager category. So, their Mexican lager, which I've had multiple times, so I don't know. I mean, it's good, but it won gold. Congratulations, Freem. Deschutes won a couple times, so they won in bronze in the English Ale, and they won gold in the honey beer category. So, Oh, interesting. Um, honey beer. Yeah, and it wasn't Deschutes Bend or the production side. It was Deschutes Portland. So this is the thing. Is they divide these out. I don't get that. <laughs> well, different brewers, I mean, right? Yeah, it's, I think they're, they're trying maybe to break those out to get recognition for the, the head brewers. Yep. Versus just the the brewing company, because it is two different locations. Yeah, I mean you've totally. got Bend Water and you've got Portland Water. Well, They're different water sources. And Mexican or the experimental beer by McMinimins, they did it. So, a couple more golds. Uh, great Notion, which I think is fantastic. I had a, a Great Notion uh, fresh hop beer the other day. Magnetic West, unbelievable. Um, but they won gold for a historical beer category for their Phoenix. Um, it'd be interesting to try to find. <clears throat> um, Breakside also won a specialty beer category. They won gold for Purple U and the or I Purple U, and the crowd went freaking nuts, like screaming and chanting and all that during that for, huh. as they got that award. No idea why. And then Ten Barrel, their Ben Pub, won gold for something called Gin Dulgence. So I'm guessing it was a, a Gin Barrel Age something. Okay. For a specialty Berliner Weiss. Oh. Interesting. Because remember, this happened before. Breakside got silver in that same category for their Breakside Passion Fruit Sour Ale. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Breakside looks like they took three or four three or four awards home too. Yeah. So I don't know how they were how they were kind of like not recognized as it, tops, but they were. It might have been the higher higher meddling. Could be. That's the only thing I can think of. And and back to that I purple you with people going nuts. Yeah. Maybe it's a lupus thing. Um, I know lupus recognition is one of their colors is purple, so Could be. Maybe they brewed it for that purpose. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so shout out to Oregon City Brewing. Oregon City Brewing uh, got a specialty Berliner Weiss. So we actually took the category. Ten Barrel got Gin Dulgence, gold. Breakside got silver, Breakside Passion Fruit Sour. And then Oregon City Brewing took silver, I mean bronze, for coming to fruition. So we went one, two, three in that category. Gotcha. And then Deschutes in the wood and barrel aged. Yeah. One silver. For something called the Sensationinator. And then uh, Cold Fire got wooden barrel-aged sour beer. They got uh, silver for the Genevieve. So, anyways, interesting stuff. Oh, and shout out Von Ebert, silver for uh, German-style Pilsner, which to me I think is one of the hardest categories because that's the cleanest beer so there can be cleanest no beer. flaws. You, you cannot yeah. screw anything up in that category. Yeah. It, it's got zero room for any type of flaw. Yeah, I mean, shout out to those guys. Phenomenal. Um, and then shout out to the state of Washington again. So, Varietal, which we love. We love Chris Baum. We love those guys over there. Varietal um, in Sunnyside. If you're ever in that area, check them out. Um, so, Baum and the team uh, got silver for a beer called Hyperion. Category, Fresh Hop Beer. Really? Yeah. So they took silver for all fresh hops. And so the head of the Brewers Association was like, this is my favorite category. And then, boom, bomb got silver. So that was good. And, and I, what I'd like to point out about that is fresh hop, that's a tough category. One, just because the, the time limitation. 
that you have for the submission to, to in order for that to be considered fresh hop the timeline is so small that you literally have to almost brew that beer on site of where you're you're gonna um, s- submit it for for your uh, category well I mean, think it's about nuts this. so the submission time for these awards is who knows probably two weeks ahead of the, before this thing maybe exactly and and you still got to have your beer hang up uh, hold up so yeah big shout out to that I mean, number one nuts. in that category also went to a Washington brewery okay. out of Spokane Washington again Central Washington is the hop capital man awesome yep. fresh hop stuff yep. coming out of there for obvious reasons but Spokane is up in the plains eastern northeastern corner yeah and this little brewery up in the uh, northeast northeastern quarter. Uh, corner took it so they had to do some finagling to get those those hops yeah into the beer be interesting to hear that story yeah because it was a perry street brewing out of uh spokane washington so hats off to those guys um other notables in here um icicle up in leavenworth uh took silver for the juicy and hazy pale ale uh, category chuckanut took uh gold for their light lager uh, Rubens took a uh, gold for their old old ale, strong or barley wine. Okay. Three wise men instead of the three three wise men. <laughs> Pumpkin beer, which we've had. Yeah. And we've actually had this. Gold to Elijah for their night owl, which nice. we've had. So there's a lot of pumpkin beers in that category. Uh, gold to Wander Brewing, Resonate Brewing. Let's see who else is up here. And Colshan Brewing out of Bellingham for their brown porter. So... Again, pretty cool stuff. Uh, and then uh, I would say shout out to your Wyoming team, man. Wyoming took two medals home, two bronzes, uh, and Black Tooth Brewing, which we hope to have on the podcast coming up here in a few weeks, yeah. uh, took uh, thir- uh, bronze with their thirteen fourteen. And then I forgot about Snake River. I was at Snake River Brewing. Um, I didn't Jackson. bring any of their stuff home. Yeah. They're out of Jackson, and they actually had bronze for their spear gun coffee stout. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, and so I need to add them onto the list of folks that are there. <clears throat> and then also we'll have these guys on uh, Zion Brewing, out of Zion there. Uh, Burt Mountain Brewing, uh, Burt Mountain Brown won silver um, at this thing as well. So, anyways, interesting stuff. So, quick quick thing to point out on on the Wyoming beers too yeah. the Black Tooth brewery that took that metal was in Sheridan yeah not the Casper version not the Casper yeah no, it was, was the Sheridan version Sheridan, that took yeah. that yeah so go visit them snag the 1314 so sounds like it's a bottle aged or a bottle that it, they have you're probably not going to yeah. find that one on tap uh, occasionally you can find it on tap it's a rarity, though. Yeah. Well, so, huge thing on this uh, Gabbeth. Uh, I know most of the beer guys know about Gabbeth. Beer gals know about Gabbeth. But, again, it's 400,000 square feet of nothing but beer uh, every single year. 10,000 beers. Over 2,000 breweries show up to this thing. Um, there's samples. There's beer stuff. There's just crazy stuff. They're estimating that uh, the economic impact uh, of the GABF to the Denver area is like $15.2 million just for the three days or wow. two days that it's at. So wow. it's a huge, huge thing uh, for the Denver area. High stress thing for all of the breweries involved up to that point. And then it's just a big party afterwards. Yeah, and they they suspect that forty thousand people actually come into town for this thing and circulate it. So it's a lot That's of people. Cool. A lot That's of people drinking cool. beer. So yeah. All right. Well, also this weekend was the Fresh Hop Ale Festival. You, listeners, you'll remember we went to it last year. Um, it's Had a, a blast. Phenomenal. Had phenomenal a blast. event. Yeah. So ten eight were the awards. I've reached out to the Fresh Hop Ale Festival looking for the awards list. Yeah. I believe Rydal took an award, if not best of show. So I did see Tyler over a bail breaker. Um, he's got his award hung up in Baker City, like front and center. I was like, I was there oh, for that. That's so, cool. Yeah, that's so, cool. Kind of cool. Um, again, trying to get Tyler and crew on so we can talk a, a little bit about their beers. Good I brought you, a, brought you a collab home. So Really? 
Yeah, so it's a beer number 153 between Gigantic and uh, Barley Browns. Yes, I took that home on Friday night. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and again, they hadn't released them yet. They were just shipping them when I went through and got them. Uh, and I bought their last case that they had at that point. So uh, this will be kind of fun. So the really interesting thing I'm thinking through that is if they held a case back there, I'm thinking it was the low numbers that Probably. they held back. Yeah. Everything else they shipped. Yeah. So we got the low number bottles. We that's, got low number bottles. That's my story, and I'm sticking Which to is it. either good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, looking forward to trying that one when one of us dares to open it. So I brought yeah. one for you, Will, Tim, and I. So, so there's four guys that are going to try and hold out the longest on trying to open that beer. I'm going to put it in the back of my beer fridge behind the keg and forget about <laughs> it. So, I, right next to that uh, Blue Heron from yes, Portland Brewing. <laughs> right next to the Blue Heron. Super old beer. <laughs> so... What else here we got? We got the uh, Fresh Hop Beer Run, dude. So the there's the greatest beer run in the movie, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah. the Fresh Hop Beer Run. And so this is a big deal. Interesting story. All over all over the deal. So yep. Alaska Airlines teamed up with Bale Breaker to get Maui's. Now, Maui doesn't grow hops. Like, they nope. don't have hops over in Hawaii. They don't have them at all. So they need to buy from the Yakima area or Willamette Valley. But in this nope. case, they buy from Yakima Chief. And Bale Breaker, who is with Yakima Chief, um, sent 1,200 pounds by Alaska Air out of Yakima. Fast tracks because you got to get these things fresh. You they were just picked. Fast. you got to go now. Exactly. 1,200 pounds to Maui to make a fresh hop beer. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's beer people watching out for beer people, but that's also hop growers looking out for beer people. And hop growers looking out for themselves, right? Well, sure, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. to, to get Maui Brewing hops fast enough to be considered a fresh hop beer, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's impressive. I, I agree. It'd be even better if Alaska, Alaska Brewing... Who's isolated up in Juneau? Oh yeah, got yeah. fresh hops. If they would have got group. it. Yeah, that no, would that, be that'd be great. And then it'd be even better. They served that beer on Alaska Airlines flight. Oh, hundred percent. Well, it's funny when I originally saw this story, I'm like, I saw Alaska and Bell Breaker and hops. And I'm like, holy crap! I don't go to fly if they're doing fresh hop beers yeah. from Bell Breaker on Alaska Airlines. Um, but it turns out they were doing it. I mean, this whole thing to get Maui a bunch of hops, right? Which is cool, right? So. And then a good segue. There's a new movie out, and it's called The Greatest Beer Run. Have you ever heard of The Greatest Beer Run? Never. So when I say Greatest Beer Run, what are you thinking? Mm, I'm thinking Cannonball Run. <laughs> yeah. But with beer. And I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I'm thinking like a marathon with like beers every mile. Oh, geez. Which would be a disaster. That would be a disaster. But yeah. it'd be fun. Your body would crap out after about mile 1.5. Well, this is this is even better. So uh, let's take a listen. Here's a three-minute clip about the greatest beer run movie. Our next guest risked it all to bring beer to his buddies fighting in Vietnam. His adventure, the inspiration behind a new movie. Hey, you're embarrassing yourself, and you're embarrassing your family. Do these protesters not know that our soldiers see that on TV? I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood, and give them a beer. I can do that. Do what? Bring him beer. He's not serious. He's hammered. Look at him. The man's stone sober. That's his fifth beer, maybe. Tops. I'm going to Vietnam, and I'm bringing him beer! Joining us now, Marine Corps veteran and author of The Greatest Beer Run Ever, Chicky Donahue. Chicky, thank you so much for being here. Is that how it happened? Was it just, hey, I want to show my support by bringing my buddies a beer? Yeah, essentially, that's how it was. Uh, it was a great suggestion. And uh, the bartender actually asked me for my Siemens papers. He wanted to go and do it. But it was impossible for him to get there on my Siemens papers. In other, in other words, get on a ship and get there. So I volunteered for it. I was doing nothing. And it sounded like the right thing to do. So you had Siemens papers, which means you could get on a military vessel and you 
you what did you do? Fill a duffel bag with beer, and how did you know where to find them? Well, I had their military addresses. Uh, you know, the, the a military address doesn't go by geographical, like a, a town or a state or a mm-hmm. county or whatever. It's just the units. So I had to find out where the units were at that time when I was in Vietnam. And once you reached them, we're looking at photos right now of you with your buddies delivering a beer. What was their reaction in a combat zone to see their friend from their town with a beer? Well, the initial reaction was shock. The second reaction was I must have had some kind of job there in Vietnam. And uh, and the third final reaction was, wow, you really came all this way <laughs> just to give us a beer? So, yeah, and, and, that was what the suggestion was, and I volunteered, so here I am. On, how much beer did you bring? Well, that's, I have to confess, I, I brought maybe two or three cases, but it was a long trip. It was 31 days on an old victory ship from the Panama Canal just across the Pacific, so I drank almost all of the beer before I got there. <laughs> At least you're an honest man. By the way, I, I want to play a little bit more of the trailer of the greatest beer run ever. Take, take a look. Take a watch. No chance you have a ship heading to Vietnam. 1,700 hours. Tonight? It's not going to be easy. But I'm going to show them that this country is still behind them. You're going to get yourself killed over there. It's like you said. Everyone's doing something. I'm doing nothing. Smuggling beer into a war zone? That's not the smartest thing I've ever heard of. It's certainly not the worst either. Amazing. Exit question, what kind of beer did you deliver? It was a mixture, a whole bunch of them. Paps was there, Schaefer was there, Schlitz was there, Budweiser was there, Miller was there, a whole bunch of them. They didn't care. Take Just your American beer. Just American beer. Chicky Donahue, you're a patriot. Congratulations on the movie, uh, and thanks for being with us this morning. There it is. <laughs> okay. The greatest so the, beer run, dude. So the guy said that trip was how long by ship? I don't know. Like, what did he say? A week or two weeks? Like 30-plus days yeah. or something, right? And he said he only took two or three cases. And he drank most of that beer on the trip. Well, a case is 24, so that's two beers a day, roughly. So Maybe two and a half. What did he show up with? A six-pack? I mean, I I gotta applaud the guy for the effort. That's amazing. But a for effort. You show up with just a six pack to your buddies. They're gonna they're gonna light you up. Well, and they sh- <laughs> they show you. He's like going because all of his buddies are spread all over Vietnam. They're not together. So and, yeah, and so it takes him a while to get to these other locations. That's insane. So I'm sure he showed up with some sort of Vietnamese beer. Or Hey, props to the guy for just doing it. That's that's freaking amazing. <laughs> well, I thought you'd enjoy it. So, movie currently released, uh, just came out, and uh, yeah, take a look at it. I mean, you Greatest know, Gary and I are veterans. Beer run ever. We're veterans, so we're sympathetic to that veteran yeah, cause, and yeah. uh, we certainly like beer. So, well, and that's something you that it's almost unfathomable how you're going to get your hands on that oh, yeah. when you're in a combat zone. Yeah. Yeah, just to get a cold beer or even a beer that you can cool yeah. down would be unbelievable, especially what the boys saw in Vietnam. I mean, uh, let and again, alone beer that's going to bring back memories of you and your buddies back home. Yeah, totally. All right, that's the end of beer news, dude. So, uh, yeah, a little bit there, a little extended beer news, but yeah. again, good recap of kind of what's going on. Um, I guess the other piece on the beer news that should have went in that is uh, what's going on with the Holiday Ale Festival? Like, it's been gone for a couple of years due to COVID. Well, yeah, COVID. It, it, now, the question is, did COVID kill it? I don't know. That's yeah. the question. I think that might have been the excuse. But, uh, again, everything yeah. I heard is it was the most expensive beer fest to put on, at least locally. Okay. If not, like, regionally. Probably because of the rents downtown there in Pioneer Square and everything else. Well, and a lot of those beer festivals buy kegs, right? And they were saying that, uh, again, those holiday ales or stouts. Those aren't cheap. Heavy grain bills, so they're expensive. very heavy. Yeah. So, um, anyways, it doesn't look like it's on. Uh, Somebody sleuthed and looked like that uh, that weekend when it's usually held. Yeah. 
Um, it's not reserved on the city's website. Interesting. <clears throat> so there's a lot of people saying, like, yeah, it's not going to happen. So. Well, but the other thing you could look at is maybe they didn't want to go with that same venue. Maybe they went somewhere else. Yeah, but the iconic thing is you got the Christmas tree in the middle and all that shit happening. So, yeah, I don't know. True. Yeah. Anyways, um, pretty cool. So, well, let's go to uh, Beer Kickstarter. Kickstart oh. my heart. All right. Those are strong beers, dude. Strong beers. Especially well, those two fuckers. <laughs> he's he's mine, pointing to the... Mine just keep magically filling up somehow. <laughs> it's like a never-ending beer. Well, I think they're... Well, they're mostly empty. This one... The ah. 10% one's got a little bit left, but it's warm now, so I'm I'll not sure... I'll save that for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Beer Kickstarter. This is our opportunity to talk about beer Kickstarter campa- campaigns, uh, fundraising, things like that. We've got two uh, Kickstarter campaigns we thought we would cover. And um, the first is a microbrewery. Um, and so this is called the Rusty Bus, Rusty Bus Brewing. Hmm. Um, they have currently 326 bucks raised. For a twenty thousand dollar goal for backers, um, out of Maine, so north the northeast there. So that would explain the rusty bus. Yeah, so they're currently under construction in Lewiston, Maine, and they want to uh, uh, join Maine's amazing craft beer scene. They're looking. We have invested over eighty six thousand dollars of our own funds, but they need a little bit more. So they're hoping to get twenty grand more. And this will provide them an opening, allow them to open the tap room, licensing fees, furnishing the tap room, operating capital, and brewing supplies. Mm. So, um, again, they've got 320 bucks of 20,000, 28 days left to go. Uh, 10 bucks, no pledges too small. You really don't get anything. Uh, 25 bucks should get a sticker and a pint glass. I do not need any more pint glasses. You don't. No. 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 You've got to purge. Yeah, we're purging. Um, for 150 bucks, I can get two stickers and two pint glasses. Don't need that. That just doubles your yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 500 bucks gets me a t-shirt, a pint glass, and a sticker. And a thousand bucks, you get a brew with the you get to brew with the brewer and a private tour. So. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. So If you've hope- never brewed before, that might be worth it right there. Yeah, I'm in a pro-am type thing, so that's yeah, kind of cool. very definitely. So, well, look these guys up. Lewiston, Maine, Rusty Bus Brewing um, on Kickstarter. They are looking for a little bit of money, and they could use your help. So, And then the second one we've got here is Rainier, a beer odyssey. So we're, we're fans of the uh, beer Ranier. Ranier. Yeah. Any Longmire fans out there? Yeah, a little Ranier. <clears throat> um, so this is a uh, a deal, and they want to help us restore hours and hours of classic Rainier beer TV ads and outtakes <laughs> and make a landmark feature-length independent documentary. For so, anybody <laughs> that remembers the old Rainier beer commercials... They're priceless. Well, they are absolutely priceless. So our logo is a ripoff, a of the it Rainier. Is. Yes, yeah. it is. So. Yeah, and and then our original intro was a ripoff, ripoff of, of the Rainier, Rainier beer, beer commercial. Beer commercial. Yeah, so. so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we love those guys. I may just have to donate because we owe money for uh, <laughs> posterity's sake. So. Um, anyways, well, let's see what we get here. So, ten bucks, uh, you get to fund it yourself, Bob. I don't even know what that means. Um, Twenty-five bucks, you get a become an R head. You become a Rainier head. Ooh. So I'm sure you. Uh, oh, you get your names on the credit of the film. There you go. That's fantastic. Thirty-five bucks, you get Fresh Gordon. You get two decal stickers and uh, probably your name in the credits. I'm guessing. Thick Fresh, uh, a decal sticker, a matching patch, uh, plus your name in the credits. Okay. Senior Quenches, a riv- original movie logo t-shirts. How much is that? Uh, 60 bucks. Okay. 60 yeah. bucks for a yeah, t-shirt. We're still in the affordables. I would roll. Right? 75 bucks, a bottle herder. You get a limited pack 
li- a pack of li- eight limited edition postcards featuring never-be-seen images Ooh. captured directly from the original motion picture film. Uh, you get for 125 bucks, eight man. Take your Armin membership to the next level with this official head cap. So you get a head cap. Um, so you get a bunch of stuff. They got a ton of categories, man. What, what what's their big one? Uh, their big one's ten grand. So and it's all gone, right? Executive producer credit, special access to preview cuts, and three posters signed by the essentially the team. Huh. And five thousand bucks, you get the Ultra R head. You get special thanks. Um, and all three poster designs. Anyways, the one that's gone is twelve hundred bucks. Return Which is of the interesting. Ours. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Let's see how much money they've raised. So they've got fifty grand of the seventy-five grand. <laughs> there's a lot of Rainier fans out there. Now there's sixty days to go, and they got twenty-five grand, twenty-four grand to raise. But I there's think a lot of people it. behind this. I yeah. really think they'll hit that. I hope. Like so, let's let's shout out these guys. So, the but there's a bunch heads, of categories. Man. Our heads, man. I'm telling you. Um. Yeah, all sorts of stuff here. So, all right. Well, hats off to these guys. Uh, they got a lot going on, and um, and this is technical stuff. They're scanning the original film. They're doing edits. They're restoring the film. They kind of take you through on this Kickstarter thing what the original looked like and how they restore it and all that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. So, there's a bunch of stuff going on here, and it looks like this team's uh. Is up for the task, so there you go. Fantastic. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, check out Kickstarter. Again, look at Rusty Bus Brewing and uh, this Rainier beer documentary. Rainier. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. There's beer Kickstarter. All right, we're back. How's your beers doing, dude? You know, it's really interesting to yeah. taste these beers after they've warmed up. They yeah. get a little more potent. No, oh, they do. They, they, they open definitely up. get a little more potent. Yeah. Um, well, so let's talk. Again, we talked about visit a bunch of national parks, a bunch yep. of states. Yep. Um, so we have reached out, and we're going to call you out right now. Uh, Mount Rushmore Brewing. Uh, Black Tooth Brewing. Yep, out of Sheridan and Casper, Wyoming. Gruner Brothers Brewing. Um, who else? Uh, Barley Browns, and I'm I'm walking them through it in my head. Ketos Brewing out of Utah. Zion and Moab Brewing out of Utah. Um, New Belgium Brewing. So New Belgium. Yep. Reset yep. had a wonderful Fort time Collins, in New Belgium. Colorado. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just walk it back up. Great Basin Brewing out of Nevada. So that's okay. the Reno Tahoe area. Had an unbelievable stout from them. And um, that, that essentially, I think, captures most of it now. So we're arranging breweries with each of those on this road trip. And the idea is that I collected beers along the way, um, some of which I drink a lot of. Yeah. Some of which um, I drink a lot of in their places. Yep. And then I saved a bottle of something. So I've got a couple different things from each of those breweries. Okay. And uh, the idea is to record the interview, talking to the brewers or talking to the owners and kind of just seeing what's going on with the brewery. Allow While them drinking space. their beers. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the theory there. Um, that's what we've got planned. I think Mount Rushmore Brewing might be the first. And I'm hoping Blacktooth... Uh, or Gruner Brothers might pair well with those. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only not heard from a couple people. So, uh, and but outside of that, there's about ten of these interviews. I think we can close out on, and that will be, I think, fairly interesting to those that are actually visiting some of these national parks. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. So that's what we've got planned. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded, which happens, um, but this has been an ex- an especially light year. We'll jump back well, on it. You know, when life gives you the opportunities that you and Debbie had, you've got to take it. I mean, it's you don't ignore being able to take an entire month off of the stresses of work, everyday life, and be able to travel around the country and see all the national parks, national monuments, everything else. And just 
fully decompress from the everyday rigors of life. Yeah. I mean, if people got that chance, they'd do it. Amazing trip. That's why we see all these people at our national parks that are foreigners. Well, we we talked a little bit about that. There were more foreigners at our national parks than I saw American citizens. Like, we interacted with them. No, we're off-season because a lot of our people are in schools and not vacationing. Sure, sure, sure. But a lot of French, Russian, Ukrainian, all sorts of folks like that. And uh, and it's great. They're, I mean, we've got amazing national parks. Yep. I mean, Great Basin National Park, which most people have never heard of, or Capitol Reef National Park, which most people have never heard of, um, are unbelievable and not packed. Like, if you go to Zion or you go to the Grand Canyon or something like that, I mean, it's packed, and these were not, and it was beautiful, equally beautiful to what we saw. But each one's got just some amazing story to tell, and it's slightly different. And so what we tried to do was intertwine beer into our national park experience. Yeah, which I think um, is awesome. Which was, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I had a wonderful outlaw stout sitting under the stars in the darkest place of the United States. Yeah. Um, just amazing. And I, th- I you, it, if we've got any really young listeners on here, young meaning, you know, in the, the 21 to 30 range, yeah. you know, this, this kind of experience, you probably have never even thought about doing. You probably don't even know about all the national parks because, unfortunately, they stopped teaching about them. <laughs> but um, it, it's things that most people take, adv- like, they're, they're like, uh, you know what? It's in the U.S. I'll get to it. And then they never do. Yep. And once you do, it will literally change your life. Yeah. Unbelievable experience. I was blessed to be able to do it. And, uh you guys will pay some. You guys will get some rewards out of this with uh, hopefully some great interviews featuring some uh, amazing breweries along the way in amazing places. Um, shout out! I guess we'll see each other next at the Portland Tim Beers Oktoberfest. So oh, yes. by invitation only, can you come to the Tim Beers Oktoberfest? Very exclusive event. Ten gallons of beer, and once it's gone, everybody's it's out. Gone. Yeah. And it's specially <laughs> brewed just for, for this, this event. event. Yeah, yeah, so it should be good. Got the uh, got the keg lines all fixed up today, so I think we're dialed in. Got the bratwurst. Got uh, about four pounds, five pounds of bratwurst. Some... It would be the interesting thing. Yeah. Have we ever had a listener show up? Yeah, we've had a couple of listeners show up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just yeah. wondering. Yeah, we've got a few. So, usually it's family and friends, and by invite only because we're right, a right, we'll right. run out of because beer right off the bat. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, only ten <laughs> gallons of beer. Yeah, I think this year's will be about thirty people. So, I think a uh, little lighter than years past, but it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Well attended, Load of fun. and and you got the beer Olympics. So massive, massive beer Olympics are impressive, competitive deal. Yes, and you know what, Eric Pedersen and his wife. They've owned the thing the They've last three dominated. years. Dominated. Yes. Yeah, so. Absolutely dominated. Like the year we thought Eric was knocked off last year, who wins? His, His wife. wife. <laughs> yeah. so, totally dominated. What the hell? So somebody's got to unseed that duo. Somebody. Because uh, that's crap. I don't, I don't understand how they do it. Uh, well, it came down. I introduced a new event to try to dice it up a little bit. And. They- had it dialed in. And she gets it. It's a shooting event where you shoot a chicken, and uh, she well, it is didn't even hesitate. Yeah, I mean, well, they guy likes to shoot, yeah. so. Yeah, but his wife. like Apparently, she likes to shoot, too. She, she, she just got down to the prone <laughs> position in the middle of the night and just nailed beep, out the beep, chicken beep. from 50 yards. So, yeah. All right. Well, there it is. All right. Well, look for us in a couple weeks. We'll uh, have uh, probably reviews of the Oktoberfest party debacle. I'm sure that's what it'll be called. It will be. Um, We likely will have interviews with the Rushmore Brewing and some others from the trip. And then I'm thinking we need to start gathering pumpkin beers for a Halloween event uh, towards the end of the month. So Yeah. 
it's that time of year. Yes. And I don't want to get stuck like we did that one year with Jamie Goldberg with like 10 well, pumpkin beers. Showed us. Yeah. So. Yeah. But no, I do no, think no, we no. should pull three or four of those bad boys and potentially set a mic up in the middle of the room, invite two or three listeners to sit and drink pumpkin beers with us. You know what would be even more impressive? Yeah. To do a Halloween podcast. Yeah. With people that are walking through the neighborhood and the parents test that beer and tell us what they think. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting, <laughs> but given my position in the neighborhood, we might want to be careful with that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not not running for mayor, but uh, yeah. that certainly doesn't absolve me from everything that I've got my hands in. damn diplomacy thing. <laughs> Always getting but, it in the way. But I'm not I'm not opposed to it. So I think it's a great idea. But I do think, oh, and Black Widow is getting ready to come out, so we got to figure out when that's coming out. Like Pixie and I thought about just sitting outside... Handing beers out to the parents as they come by for trick-or-treating. Well, Debbie and I and Caleb and Sasha and a bunch of people sat outside last year by the fire. And that's actually yeah. where we handed out candy the last two years. Right. Because it was so nice. So, yeah. yep, yep. And again, if the weather's nice, that's what we're doing. But It's holding up for the first part of October, whether well, it does way, that for the last part. Well, the way things know. are going, it's not going to be 40 and rainy. It's going to nope. be 80. Hopefully it'll and, be nice. Hopefully yeah. it'll be well, nice. Ho- yep. We need rain, dude. It's kind of smoggy. We do. But All right. Well, we're sitting at uh, plenty of time here, an hour and six minutes with no real guests. Perfect. We'll see you in a week or two. Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers Podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers. Tim Beers.